host of Ride the Vibe, broadcasting from the wicked awesome DRS ATL studio right here in Roswell, Georgia, the uh, seventh largest city in the state. And it would not be a Ride the Vibe without my friend Wahid Gomes, the proprietor of the studio and the master of all technology, um, making it happen for us. And I'm super stoked to have on the show today, Ken Ronk. And Ken is the lead vocalist for Atomic Kings, who are a new Phoenix-based group who have created quite a buzz in the music industry with a new album titled Atomic Kings that is very diverse and deeply anchored in the style of the 70s super groups in the vein of Bad Company, Led Zeppelin, Free, Robin Trower, but with a modern twist similar to Revival Sons and Dirty Honey, etc. So, Ken, welcome. Thank you very much, Michael. <laughs> Our pleasure. And for uh, your fans that are legion and growing, particularly with this new release, but may not be familiar with Ride the Vibe, the way we roll the show is we encourage the listeners to sit back because it's a podcast and get a beverage of their choice. In the studio, we are featuring a product that we've become very big fans of called Drinkmate. And Drinkmate, they're out of Ann Arbor, unique, innovative uh, company that uh, is the carbon anything drink maker. So you can get yourself off of those uh, deadly sugar sweetened beverages and take uh, some filtered water and carbonate it or really anything that uh, you want to carbonate and also reduce your uh, carbon footprint with the plastic. So shout out to Drinkmate. So we encourage the listeners to get a beverage of their choice and sit back because we're going to play six songs off your great new album. Again, Atomic King's self-titled album. And we're only going to play, Ken, just a couple minutes because we want to okay. encourage the listeners to go out and actually, you know, maybe buy the album. That would be unique. And then yeah, also that uh, would be, yeah. stream the songs a zillion times on uh, their favorite platforms so you can make uh, enough to buy yourself a cup of coffee probably. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, if they stream it, you know, a couple hundred thousand times, we could all get a cup of coffee. Yeah. Oh God, God bless Daniel Ilk, the uh, owner who's making millions. Well, poor musicians are. are and thank you for that great introduction, too. By the way. Oh gosh, well, I just uh, you know just kind of pieced together uh, you know things that I'd read uh, that were unique to Atomic Kings, and so I have to ask right out of the gate. Well, well I have got multiple multiple questions, but. Uh, it would not, we would not have met had it not been for the amazing, the one and only Lucy Pillar. So just to talk a little bit about how you came, uh, came to know Lucy, uh, Ken. Um, Lucy and I, you know, we started, we started talking and messaging, oh, it's been years ago now. And obviously the connection is the free bad company, yeah. Paul Rogers situation. And, and I was doing, um, I was doing a tribute to Paul Rogers and Bad Company. We we'd had a little bit of a situation where the the management from Bad Company actually sent me an email, and they were concerned about their logo. Um, and they they'd asked if there was a way we could do something with the logo so that it wasn't exactly the same as theirs. So I made a few changes and I sent it back. And at first, the management didn't really even know <laughs> that we had changed 
the logo. Ah. And basically, I had a I had a good friend of mine. Basically, we just moved the lines ah. uh, from the bottom of Bad Coat to the top of Bad. So Coat. it was so subtle. It was so subtle, yeah. But uh, Lucy and I have have really messaged and chatted a lot over, you know, many of her amazing photos. And yeah. I know that that we had posted several photos, and she messaged that she had taken the photos and and. Um, so over the years, we've just um, we've just really kind of uh, gotten a lot of respect for each yeah. other, and she's she's just been fantastic, and she does a lot with ARN, you know, yes, which is you know she does a lot of managing mm-hmm. and, and promoting of a lot of great bands, yeah, and uh, you know they're they're lucky to have her out there in Atlanta, and and I'm certainly fortunate to to know her and get a chance to talk with Have her. you uh, ever met her, Ken? Uh, not personally. Yeah, interesting. Um, a few years back, she had called, and she was she was going to be out this way yeah. uh, for a bad company show, actually. Ah. And it just happened to be a time when I was out of town. I think I was, I think I was actually in Tulsa at the time. So, so I missed her, and there's been a couple of times she was going to make it out, and, yeah. you know, our, our schedules just didn't make they it, but... Yeah, uh, I know that I know that we will, and that'll be a great day. I love it. So, and she's did you talk? Did I remember that she's trying to line up a band that she's promoting to join you all out there on a double bill somewhere? Is that did I get that right? Yeah, she she does. Um, you know, Lucy, I know promotes a lot of bands. Yeah. I know, and she's she's a very big uh, live entertainment person. Yeah. I mean, Lucy. Lucy really supports the the music scene, you know, out there in Atlanta. Yeah. And and she gets out there a lot. Her and I kind of got talking a little bit um a, about some of the stuff she's promoting. Yeah. And she wanted to uh look funny. into maybe doing some stuff out this way yeah. and um I know she she was the band we were speaking of was Hush Money. Hush Money. Yeah. Um, which is a which is a great band out there. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, they're a lot like Atomic Kings yep. and I know those guys are, are, they're trying to get out and get noticed. And yeah. it's a, it's a great record. I've listened to their, to their music a lot. And, and we were I blessed to have sending... them. They uh, joined us on the vibe. Thanks to the, the amazing one, Lucy. So, it, you know, and the, what great guys too, and, yes. and talented musicians. I know she's, she's getting ready to send them out to the, the UK ah. and are going to go out that way. And then we're probably talking uh, you know, right, maybe towards the end of summer or, yeah. or fall of next year, uh, seeing if we can get them out here and do some shows together with I them. Love it. it would be a pleasure. I love it. Well, we need to queue up then uh, All I Want, which is the first song off Atomic King's self-titled album. And we'll play just a couple minutes again because we want you all to buy the album. And in this case, you can. And we're going to talk to Ken about all of that uh, when we get back with uh, after hearing a little bit of All I Want.
song, All I Want, off of Atomic King's self-titled <laughs> album. And I guess debut too, Ken. Do I have that right? It is debut. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is uh, that is the debut. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, that that track there was the very first single that that we put out. You know, the album's been out uh, a couple of months now, and that was the first single that we released off of that one. And I love that it. one. Actually, went and spent a couple of weeks at number one over in uh, ninety seven underground. Wow. So wow. We were pleased with that. Yeah, easy to see why. Well, I was fascinated. So uh, how, how talk about the name because you guys are you know newly formed uh, relatively, but talk about how you came up with Atomic Kings. Uh, it's actually Atomic Kings is a name that uh, Greg Chason, you know, who is our bass player. Yeah. A lot of people know him from the Badlands fame. Um, he he's had that name rolling around his head for quite some time. Uh, he was in another group. And and it used part of the name, which was just Kings. Okay. Um, and when the, the other three of those guys were in that group, they were going by another name. And when I joined up with them, it was decided we would start fresh and we would we would change the name. And that was a good chance for Greg to use that name that he'd always wanted to use. So interesting. We became Atomic Kings. I love it. Well, I back way back in the day. I uh, became enamored with a band called Atomic Rooster, you, you know, out, out of the UK. And I believe, if memory serves me, they had uh, Greg Lake, or excuse me, uh, Carl Palmer on drums. Really? On that band. I may have that it, wrong. Someone, this- someone will have to fact check me, but I do know they were out of the UK, Atomic Rooster. So when I heard Atomic Kings, I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's a connection somehow there. But, I wonder if it's a connection to Robert Palmer at all. Uh, so Carl of uh, not Carl, who's the drummer for Emerson Lake and Palmer? Was it Carl? Um, it was Carl Palmer, but maybe not. But anyway, we'll talk about uh, well, we well we <laughs> rack our memories over that, you know, without yeah. Google. We'll talk about your bandmates. You you mentioned Craig on uh, on bass. So Greg uh, Greg Chase on um, and Greg Chase on actually. Met Jakey Lee through an audition with Ozzy. Okay. Um, he was flown out by Sharon, and he was actually auditioning for Ozzy Osbourne. Ah. And uh, when he got out there, he met Jake, and him and Jake, you know, really hit it off and became friends. Um, Greg ended up not doing the Ozzy Osbourne stint, but yeah. shortly after, when when Jake split with Ozzy, uh, Jake, you know, turned right back around and got a hold of Greg. And, uh, you know, they put Badlands together, mm-hmm. you know, obviously with Ray Gillen, one of the greatest singers. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, they did they did several albums and um, had great reviews. You know, I think Ray's probably one of the greatest singers out there. And, and mm-hmm. Greg himself is is certainly one of the greatest bass players out there. So yeah. Greg and I have known each other for, for quite a while. And so when the chance came for us to work together you know we jumped on it um our drummer jimmy taft an amazing drummer uh jimmy taft and i were in a project you know probably 20 years ago Mm. and i've always admired his drumming and so you know there again the chance to reunite with jimmy yeah and jimmy and greg as as a rhythm section just was an exciting thought Mm -hmm. and i you know past the album i absolutely can see why but yeah. Ryan McKay, an amazing, very, uh, 
very talented guitar player. Um, he's a very great songwriter, as mm -hmm. as Greg is. Um, kind of an old soul, and you know, Ryan played with with Louis Prima Jr. toured with him, mm. wrote, recorded for many years with Louis Prima Jr. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when we we got together, um, really, I guess about two years ago now, mm. and and they sent me over. Jimmy sent me over two of the tracks that they were kind of roughly writing. And so I just jotted some things down and we got together and, and really they started playing the material. I started singing and, uh, you know, we just continued to write and, uh, you know, it's just, it's been a great, it's been a great process. It's been great chemistry. Yeah. You know, everybody's very like-minded. Everybody's very creative. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's been really a match made in heaven, if, I love if it. you could say. And are they all in the Phoenix area or yes. dispersed? All in Phoenix? Yep. Everyone, everyone's over here in Phoenix. Wow. Greg runs Bizarre Guitar out here in Phoenix. Okay. And Ryan has worked with Greg for quite a while there. So, you know, Ryan and Greg really are the main songwriters yeah. as far as the music goes. And, and uh, they... You know, they can have the luxury of having an idea pop in their head and they could they could really work on it almost instantly mm. in the in the store. And we rehearse there in the store. So it's it's really a great situation mm. for all of us. Wow. Now, you told me a, a little story about Bizarre Guitar in the run up to the in our conversation and the run up to the show. You want to share that? I thought that was kind of. Cool. Well, we you know, we wrote uh, we probably had. At the time, 40, 45 minutes worth of material that we'd written. Yeah. Um, Greg had, had asked if we wanted to somewhat get in trouble, and we said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he'd kind of mentioned, do you want, want to know what it is? We were like, no, it doesn't really matter to us. <laughs> Basically, what happens yeah. is out there in Phoenix, Bizarre Guitar is on 7th Avenue. Yeah. And each year they close 7th Avenue for the mile. That bizarre guitar just happens to be in the middle of, ah. and you know he's right there on the, on the frontage of Seventh Avenue, and so we had decided when there got to be about a thousand or so people out front, <laughs> we were just going to drag a PA out front of the parking lot, yeah, and we were just going to start playing all of our material. We we didn't know if we'd make it five minutes <laughs> or how long before the police shut us down, and uh. and it actually ended up being completely the opposite. Um, it was such a blatant move that. Yeah. The, the police that were there to probably shut us down ended up actually making people move their cars and kind of keeping the crowd <laughs> back. And so it turned into a, uh, a bizarre thing, yeah. you know, a pun, mini pun concert. Yeah. and uh, we ended up playing for probably a good 40, 45 minutes. I love well, it. Well, through that. Was that um, your debut? People, was that your debut live yes, performance? Yes, that was, yeah. It really was. It was. It was the first time that we played any of the material live yeah. anywhere yeah. at all outside of of the writing. You didn't even have any and swag to sell at the any stuff, did you? No, yeah. no, we didn't. We really just. Uh, it was really a one off at the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was a one off, and you know, some people had recorded video of it, ah. and some of that video had made it to a few people, and mm -hmm. Greg. Uh, is good friends and worked with a guy named Night Bob, who's a, who's okay. a very, very uh, world-renowned front-of-house yeah. engineer for yeah. live music. And he, you know, he's worked with Kiss and Ace Freely, and he, he ran sound for Badlands and just mm. just a whole slew of bands. Yeah. 
And he'd got in touch with Greg over some of these videos that had happened. And uh, one thing led to another, and and that ended up making its way over to Tone House Records, mm. uh, Jason Constantine over there. Yeah. And and they basically got back in touch with Greg and asked if we'd be interested in recording the material yeah. on the Tone House Records label. Uh. And so we said, sure. Uh, so, and Tone and House is out of, of Phoenix, too? Uh, Tone yeah. House is actually in Las Vegas. Oh, Las Vegas, okay. Yeah, and and so you know we we signed on with Tone House Records, and and in fact we just recently also signed another deal uh, with Fire Rock, uh-huh. and they are they are now going to worldwide distribute. Um, wow, the album! Congratulations! And so that's huge. You know, hope, hopefully they're going to run some off in vinyl as well. I know yeah. they're all um, shooting for vinyl. Um, and that, you know, that whole situation really led to our first uh, show. Uh, Night Bob, who was working with Ace Freely at the time, said, hey, what, why don't you guys come and do a show with Ace? And that'll give me a chance to mix your live sound and I get to mix sound for Greg again. Mm-hmm. So our very first show really publicly, other than the parking lot, was, was with Ace Freely. Wow. And so. Very cool. You know, that one thing led to another. and. And here we are. In no the- coincidences. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit more about Tone House and uh, Fire Rock, but we got sure. we'd be remiss if we didn't cue up Escape, the second song off this great Atomic King's debut release and self-titled Escape. Escape, baby. Song. I love this song. <laughs> Rock that is a product of the pedigree 
without any of the bells and whistles that some listeners would say is a negative on other albums. So how about that? Brave words, excuse me, brave words. Yeah, they, you know, we've, I'll tell you, we've been really fortunate with some of the reviews that have been coming in, um, have all been positive. And, uh, you know, there seems to be a, a want of some of the, you know, some of the older blues rock that's, that's been missing. And there's some great bands out doing it now, but, um, one, one thing that, that we all really were hell bent on was, was making sure that we, we stuck to the seventies sound. Yeah. We really wanted to make sure we did it analog. Yeah. There was no click track used. Uh, the band all recorded together Mm. live, um, all the rhythm tracks that you hear, they're all cut live. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of vocals, uh, Ryan did a little bit of overdubbing on some guitar solos, but really what you hear, um, on the album is a lot. That's all live. Yeah. The band playing it together. And it's really a lot of it is one take. I love it. And, you know, we did a lot of pre-production, um, a lot of working together before we went in the studio. Mm -hmm. So it really worked out well to get that, you know, that sound we were looking for. Very much like back in the day, you know, I talked about it, Ken, you know, when, when you couldn't afford the the groups couldn't afford to do it really any other way because they didn't have a lot of money in their budget for studio time, et cetera. Yeah, we, we certainly didn't either. Uh, but I know we really wanted to get that, that vibe and sound of the seventies. And it's just not the same when you, you know, you're in a studio, you have headphones on, you're, Mm -hmm. you're in there by yourself to try to get that feeling that you get when you're with your bandmates or you're all in a room together. There's an excitement, Mm -hmm. there's an aggressiveness that, that y'all tend to put out there when you're all playing together. And I know we were looking for that. And I know that the guys certainly, uh, they certainly accomplished that. Yes. So, you know, it was different. And that, that was done that way on purpose. I love it. Well, talk and talk about uh, why you just, in addition to that, which I think is so wicked awesome and cool, but you also made the conscious decision, we're going to do an album. We're not going to do one-offs. And so you did that. And then you guys are doing something even more unique because I say of Ride the Vibe, it's I, I kind of at the 30,000 foot level, it's a digital liner notes. And you said, oh man, well, we're going to have those. So talk, talk about that if you would, Ken, the, the album idea and then, then your liner notes. Yeah. When, uh, you know, that was something Greg and I know all of us agreed with when, when we were growing up and we would buy albums. I know one of the, one of the great things about why buying an album was, you know, you would take it home or, or somewhere and you'd sit down and, and, the way of listening to music was different than for some, you know, we still do it a lot the same, but you would, you would put the record on and, and you would listen to it or you'd, you'd be doing something, but you would listen to an album front to back. You know, you, you really wouldn't just listen to one song and, and you would read about the band and you would look at pictures and and biographies and stuff. And you'd kind of get to know the band as you're listening to the music. And you kind of put a, you know, it helps you put a face to a sound. Mm-hmm. And and I had a lot to do with, with the look of a band, you know. It, yeah. A lot of that became, you know, the, the way that a band would carry themselves based on that. So that was one thing we definitely wanted to do. So we, we made the decision that we wanted to do, you know, full, fold out yeah. on, on the CD as well as obviously if we do vinyl. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have a full five-page 
fold out when you buy the CD. You know, you I can, love it. There's a short bio there of each member. You know, there's pictures and and whatnot. But you know, kind of goes back to Old the days. Old school. I we, love it. Yeah. And where can yeah. they? Where can they? Where can listeners buy that? Because that sounds fantastic to me. Uh, you can order it online right now. We're we're selling it. You know, Tone House Records. Okay. Uh, you can look look it up there. Uh, Fire Rock is soon to be releasing it worldwide. So soon okay. you'll be able to pick that CD up at you know Walmart, Target, okay, any of your music outlets. You'll be able to get that. And also you can look us up on our Facebook page and yep. messages, and um, we can certainly ship one out to you. I love. It. We sell them at Bizarre Guitar as well, um, and they're a full package CD. Yeah, and you know, like I say, hopefully soon we'll have vinyl as I well. And talk about and, the, the decision, because I think you shared with me that vinyl now is outpacing CD sales. Is, do I have that right? Right now, the, what I've heard is that vinyl is actually outselling CDs right now. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that. you know, a lot of the younger kids are starting to buy vinyl. And, mm -hmm. and you know, and that kind of makes me happy because yeah. I... I really missed vinyl. Yes. You know, you, you you had albums and you had your album collection. Mm -hmm. And you kind of lost that when everything went to cassettes and right, CDs. Right. You just threw them around in your car. You know, you never drove around with a record <laughs> in your car. So so music was more of a, it was more of a you'd sit down mm -hmm. or you'd, when you got home, you'd put a record on it. Yep. And, you know, whether you'd clean the house or or you know, make dinner, whatever it was yeah. you were doing, you would, you would really listen to the music. Yeah. And, you know, when, when they made CDs and they got into cassettes, I think it became a different way of listening mm. to music. And mm. obviously the eight tracks that, yeah. you know, your tape player would always eat and then you'd have to scotch <laughs> tape it back together. Or you'd be right in the middle of a, like a long song, like thick as a brick and it changed tracks. You know, yeah. That was annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really happy to see that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it certainly is expensive to do vinyl, mm -hmm. but I'm really glad to see vinyl come back. And, I, yeah. you know, I've had the opportunity to listen to vinyl lately and go back to listening to records lately. And there's really nothing like it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's really there's really no sound uh, that you get when you're playing a vinyl yeah. record. Yeah. And. And so I'm, I'm really glad to see that coming back. Good. Well, I hope uh, between Tone House and Fire Rock that uh, you get the opportunity to realize that dream to have this great album put out on, uh, yeah, absolutely. on vinyl. And we, we need to hear uh, Holding On. This is the third track, I believe, off of this great album. Track number three.
vibe, the vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ, playing what he wants to play and saying what he wants to say. Shout out to the late, great Tom Petty. And in this case, playing some great songs from Atomic King's debut album, self-titled. And don't be holding on to your money now, y'all. Because, you know, we, <laughs> That's right. we've been... Uh, <laughs> We've been without Holding opportunity. Holding is not meant for your wallet. No, it's not meant for your wallet. So go out and buy <laughs> that uh, CD, will you? Because, uh, you know, we've had we got pent-up demand for some music, you know, original music and no-click track music and recorded all live in the studio kind of music. We'll talk about that song, Ken. Uh, that, that song starts off with Greg on bass. It was an idea Greg had on his bass guitar. Yeah. And... Uh, you know what? It was a it was a chance to to do a lot of it experimenting. Actually, we we went through several changes in in the song itself. Um, I really love Ryan's slide guitar and the way that he works that slide guitar, but yet keeps it you know in the in the rock and roll vibe. And then we you know we we changed tempos and beat, and we uh, kind of got into a little bit of a Led Zeppelin type thing mm-hmm. there with with some you know Mellotron and some keyboards in there, and then. And still turned around and, and uh, was able to put some harmonica in there. And so it's um, it's a fun song. It's a lot of people's favorite track. Yeah. Um, and which is one thing I really love about this album is, you know, if we if we talk to 10 people, mm-hmm. we would get 10 different favorites. Yeah. And so there's there's certainly worse things to happen than <laughs> than that. You know, it's very, you know. Yeah. You know, to put an album out and and have only one song really appeal to somebody. So we're very, very fortunate that we've had just about every song has been mentioned, you know, as to be in somebody's favorite. Favorite. Well, and I I think that's a testimony not only to the way you did it, but the writing and and the musicianship, but also the fact you did an album, right? I mean, yes, it it gives a lot of variety. There's a lot of variety there that can appeal to, as you said, different people's tastes, which then, you know, drives the album, uh, which is, uh, I think it's kind of, you know, it seems like that's a good thing. <laughs> it, it It is, you know what? And it's, um, you know, when you, when you listen to an album from start to finish, you, you don't really want to start hearing the same thing. And, and we, we certainly don't. I know there's, there's many times where we make sure we're trying to not repeat ourselves, mm-hmm. and there's many moods that take place. You know, right, when you get right. you get four guys together, and you know, each has their lives and whatnot, and we get together, and it it may be a mood that that someone was in that day, and and you know, whatever that mood triggers in somebody else, and all of a sudden, that's the direction that song goes. Yeah. So it's um, it's it's certainly in us to to be very very wide we definitely go very far left very far yeah far right love that. we're always atomic kings and we're always in that that vibe that we're in but there's there's many moods that that takes place in the songs and and you know that is that is really just a natural process i you yeah. know i think well, like how, you said, and, and along those lines ken how did you all what was the process of ordering you know putting the songs because i know having done this now for five years, blessfully talking to a lot of musicians and there's a real craft or a real art to how you put, you know, all I want, number one. And then, you know, how, how'd you guys come up with that? How'd you do that? Um, you know, we, a lot of thought really, Yeah, it's, it's really amazing how much thought you really 
put into that. And, people and, don't under, appreciate necessarily that. that crap. Yeah, and you know, you know, you never know if you got it right. And there's not really any right or wrong. But mm. for us, we we certainly wanted all I want to come out first. That song, you know, it's a very positive song. It's very catchy. Yeah, a riff. Greg actually came up with that riff in the late '70s, and mm. he's, you know, he's introduced it. You know, that riff actually got introduced clear back in Badlands. Jeez. And for whatever reason, the the you know they didn't care for it there. But yeah, I know the minute I heard that that riff, I was like, oh man, we need to that. We have to make a song out of that. And I know the other guys agreed. And it's it's very it's a very poppy, happy, up tempo song. And we knew that that's what we wanted to start off with. Right. And when you're you know when you're a, a new band and you're coming out, you you somebody's going to hear your first song. Yeah. And before they get a chance to listen to song two or song three or whatnot, they're going to somewhat develop. Uh, okay, these guys are about this, or okay, yeah. these guys preconceived. Like this. So, well, especially because folks' attention span less than that of a goldfish, right? Yeah. So they're, they're gonna... yeah. So we, you know, we <laughs> certainly wanted to make a, a good impression coming out, and then as as mm-hmm. as you move through the album, you know, we wanted to take you through the different moods. Yeah. Um, you know, running away. Is is a song in the middle of that album. Uh, Jimmy Taft is a very talented guitar player. He's our drummer, but you know he he plays uh, the acoustic bit on Jimmy's page, ah, yeah. and so that you know that kind of. And is that a shout? That, we, we're not going to feature that one because we, we didn't have enough yeah, time. No, is that a yeah. shout out to Jimmy Page? Uh, it's well, it's it, maybe in a in a back door sort of thing yes. obviously yes. you know we're no strangers to led zeppelin right. and they're a, right they're a, a huge influence on me and i know ryan is a big fan of of jimmy and and i know jimmy taft is a big fan of zeppelin as well so we're all fans of zeppelin sure. and it was something that jimmy wrote and and we had called it jimmy's page it, yeah. it wasn't intended to to mimic jimmy page himself but it was uh, it was just something that kind of came along and, you know, Jimmy wrote it and we, it was kind of his little page in the album. <laughs> so, so it, it fit we, on multiple levels. So, so it yeah. fit on multiple levels and it's, you know, it's, it's a beautiful piece and I love it. And it, you know, it adds a lot of diversity to the album. And there again, it goes, it goes to creating an album from front to back. Someone, someone that can listen to all the way through, you know, the, we, we didn't want to put an album out that, Somebody played two or three songs and it, and they basically just heard one great big long song, yeah, but the they same, listened to three right. tracks. And we certainly didn't want somebody turning it off. We wanted, you know, we wanted the listeners to to wonder what's coming next or, or what it. are they going to do now. And so I know that that's how I we used to listen to albums. And so we wanted to establish to that. To do the same and, thing. Well, and, we, and yeah. you've teased it up brilliantly because we're not going to play it, y'all. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Yeah. Sorry, you're going to have to buy the CD if you exactly. want to know what I'm talking that, about. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but in, what we are going to play, Take My Hand, which I believe Brave Words said uh, they thought was the best song on the album, that they thought it really showed spontaneity, the 70s-like brief break. It's a, yes, it's a very, very interesting song. It's certainly one of my favorites. That song really rolls you through a lot of different moods, a lot of different changes. Um, it's a great riff. There's a really great breakdown in the song, and and but yet it comes out the backside, you know, cooking. Yeah, 
And again, we're only playing two minutes again, y'all. So we're teasing you up that way too, because not yep. one of these songs is less than four minutes. So we're going to hear yeah. Take My Hand. We'll be right back. <laughs> DJ talking with Ken as we play uh, Take My Hand only a couple minutes. That song's 517, y'all. So we really are teasing you up and you should go out and buy the whole album because it's unbelievable. And I was suggesting to, to Ken that that to me had a bit of a humble pie uh, feel to it. And we were talking about Steve Marriott and, uh, and Ken shared with me that the, in one of their other conversations uh, talking about this album that the people had, had thought about humble pie as well. Yeah, we'd had we had had um, which is a you know, which is a great honor to be throwing those comparisons out. But we it's been mentioned Tumble Pie and Steve Marriott before. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm a huge fan of of Steve and, yeah. and a huge fan of Humble Pie, and I know all of the guys are. And, and uh, you know, sometimes you you do things in a in a chord or a key or a riff kind of conjures up something inside you that you it's subconscious you don't realize it but you know you sing what you sing or yeah. you play what you play and you put it all together as a group and you put it out there and and sometimes somebody else can pick up on your influence that you don't realize you had that you had put in there so that's that's certainly a huge compliment to have that comparison i sure. love it well very cool well we are going to take just a short break because it wouldn't be a ride the vibe without again Wahid Gomes, DRS, ATL, the studio. And he also, uh, for all you musicians out there that be, may be looking for a way to make some money while you sleep, you want to talk to Wahid about his Verde Music value proposition for uh, 
licensing songs and that sort of thing. But we'll be right back. We've got a couple more songs we want to play off this great album, Atomic King's debut, Atomic King's. We'll be right back. DRS provides professional audio mixing and mastering services. They also provide other creative services such as voiceover editing, audio restoration, and audio forensics. They have great customer service, their work is fast and efficient, and their prices are affordable. You can learn more about their creative services by visiting them on the web at drsatl.com. Again, that's drsatl.com. Or call them at 404-590-0779. Again, that's 404-590-0779. DRS, when the right sound matters. You're back on Ride the Vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ, having a great conversation with Ken Rock, the lead vocalist for Atomic Kings. And Ken, talk about uh, your formative years. When did you recognize that this was a passion that you had for music, singing? How did all that come about? I, you know, I, I recognized it pretty early on. I guess, I guess, my early years. My dad was was a musician. He he played a lot uh, in local bands. He was more on the countryside, so I was exposed to it pretty early. Yeah, and uh, I noticed very early on the excitement mm. that that is around live music. And at the time, I wasn't really even aware of recording or whatnot. I I was introduced to the live vibe of music through him through so your I, dad. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and so I became I became very interested in music. And then as as time went on, you know, I got into high school. I ran into some guys. We, you know, we started playing, writing, and so on. And I really got into uh, Robert Plant and Led uh, Zeppelin and Paul Rogers yeah. and Bad Company and uh, Cactus, Humble Pie. Mm. And I was always, I was always a little behind the times. You know, my generation was listening to Motley Crue yeah. and, and all that stuff. So I was, I'm a big fan of Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of Jim Morrison than I am of the doors. But yes, I, yes. You know, there's a aura about Jim and mm-hmm. his lyrics. And so, you know, you just, the more you get involved in it, the more you get involved in it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, we always a vocalist, always, always singing front. Man? It, yeah. I was always terrible on, on everything else. And I, <laughs> I still am really, but <laughs> But I, I do play piano a little bit and, mm-hmm. and some keys and harmonica and guitar. But and your dad was uh, a vocalist, or was he? Yeah, he was a guitar player, guitar. singer. Yeah, I. There was a friend of mine in high school, and they they had a group, and I was at the time only one old enough to drive. The other guys were were <laughs> a year younger than me. Yeah, and so I would take a friend of mine who was a guitar player over to his rehearsal, and I would sit there. And after a while, you know, one of the guys said, well, we don't, have, why don't you sing? Because ah. we don't have anybody singing. Yeah. And, and we went and got one of those Radio Shack mics, had the cord on it, the on and off mm-hmm. switch. Mm-hmm. And we literally stuck it into a guitar amp. And that was the first, that was the first introduction of me singing. Do you remember the there song? There was never. you remember the song? Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was. Actually, I feel like it was Ronnie James Do. I think it was Heaven and Hell. <laughs> uh, interesting. And 
I, I believe was was probably one of the first songs I wow. I sang. Yeah. And then you know obviously we we started doing some Zeppelin and yeah. yeah. You know I I got into Robin Trow and I was I was really influenced by a lot of the blues. Mm-hmm. You know Helen Wolf and a lot of the mm-hmm. a lot of the blues guys, which is probably where my harmonica you know thing came from. Yeah. So yeah. I just had such a huge influence once i really became immersed in music mm-hmm. i love r&b and yeah you know I, I listened to a lot of you know i listened to glenn campbell sure I, I just i have such a wide variety of influences well i love that because that tees up a question i'm gonna uh, put out there to you that you can ponder while we play this next song called live ironically enough even a blind squirrel can <laughs> Not every once in a while. So I love that segue. Uh, if I do say so myself, but you, the, the, um, the question for you, Mr. Ken, should you uh, be inclined to answer it, is if you can put together a, if you could put together the ultimate three piece band with anyone that is living or dead, who would you include? And you can ponder that and you can choose to uh, use the Koma, Koma Sutra Maru uh, thing and, and not answer if you want. But uh, we're going to play live and then come back and see if Ken, uh, Ken wants to take, take that question on. So we'll be right okay. back. of the same name, Atomic Kings. That is live. That also is out in a YouTube video format. So you can check it out that way. And then, of course, you're going to go out and buy the album because you're going to get liner notes. You're going to get, yeah. you know, lots of songs. And there, uh, there's a bonus song, I believe, the, on the CD. You get the there? full Monty. Yeah, you get everything. You're getting a lot of bang for your buck, so to speak. We'll talk about that song. And then uh, 
you know, if you're inclined, give me your uh, three-piece band. Uh, that you know, that song "Live" is uh, it's a riff Greg had rolling around his head, and if you ask him, he said he had that rolling around his head because there was nothing else up there. <laughs> and it it just the the minute the minute the band started playing that song, we were in rehearsal, and and that's where I hear everything for the first time. We all wow. get in a rehearsal and. Hey, we've been working on this and an idea comes out and then, you know, the four of us really just go. Yeah. And live was a song that that was probably written in 15 minutes, mm. maybe 20. Mm-hmm. And it was just it really it was just an exciting song and it 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 reminded me of I talked earlier on how I kind of got into music and mm-hmm. that that one really is about the excitement of, yeah. of playing live yeah. and and when I heard that song in the riff for the first time, I, it kind of got me feeling that excitement, I thought, well, this song has to be sure about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was obvious to call it live. And it's really about, you know, the people that are coming to the shows and to the concert, the excitement, the vibe of being in a live environment. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's what that song is all about. I love it. And so, and that, you know, is a consistent theme I've also heard over the years from folks is that some of their best stuff come so quickly and then some of the stuff they struggle on is is not you know not their best. I mean we talked about in the run-up to the show you know Neil Young talks about writing the song Ohio in 15 minutes after the Kent State situation and so it's uh, it's interesting how that goes. Yeah it's it's really a you know a big hats off to you know all the folks that come out to the shows and yeah. and the concerts and you know a, a, a band is nothing without without the people buying the album and without all the people that come out there and, and get crazy with us. And, you know, we're, we're fans of music and fans of the excitement. We love to play live. We love to feed off the crowd. And, you know, that's, that's just really a big hats off to everybody that, you know, that feels the same way that shows up at all the shows. Well, Neil said it succinctly live music is better. So how about that? Yeah, well, do you, you want to take a stab at the uh, three-piece band, or are you going to... So, my all-time three-piece band. Now, this is a three-piece band, not a vocalist, or what? It can be whatever, you know, about. it can be whatever you want. You can have three vocalists, I, you can have, so, you know, whatever you want. Well, uh, maybe I'll twist it a little bit. As far <laughs> as vocalist goes, if I had to name three vocalists, I would probably say Paul Rogers. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Jimmy Duar. Uh-huh. Uh, from Robin Trower. Yeah. I, obviously, I love Freddie Merck and Robert Plant. Sorry, I accidentally forgot how to count. Yeah, you uh, can do four. It's okay. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of, of John Bonham. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of of Rush and some of Getty Lee's bass playing. Yeah. Um, I love John Entwistle on bass. Um, I'm a big Who fan as well. So I, I love a lot of the stuff Roger Daughtry was doing. Uh, free, you know. Yeah. Uh, I love Andy Frazier. I love Boz Burrell from the early days in Bad Company, and obviously Simon Kirk and, mm-hmm. and Boz. What an incredible, you know, rhythm section yeah. that was. Yeah. Uh, Humble Pie, Steve Marriott. Yeah. Um, so I've probably gone way beyond you. You have, but that's okay. But if there was a way to put all those people in the same <laughs> band, you'd have my attention. you. And it's it's good. <laughs> I like that. Brilliant. Well, we. We are almost out of time here, but I want to hear. And I, I got to tell you, I'm I'm really really huge fans of of my own band. I've you know been since playing with these guys. I really think that Jimmy Taft and and Greg is 
the really some of the greatest rhythm section mm-hmm. I've heard. And I'm just such a huge fan of Ryan McKay and his playing. And, yeah. you know, it's such a great tight knit group that I, uh, I'll tell you, it would be hard fetched for me to, to think that I would want to play with anyone other than I those three. It. When know? it comes through, the album is just stellar. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, if someone said to me, Ken, we want you to go in the studio and we want you to start writing songs and you pick your own band. It, it would be hard for me to imagine uh, doing that without any, you know, without, without those, those three, guys. without, you know, Greg and Ryan and Jimmy would be, I love you it. know, well, so it, it segues brilliantly to the song. I've got mine. Cause you've yes. got yours, right? You've got your ultimate band. So if we could, yeah. why he let's uh, <laughs> cue, cue that up before we run out of time. Here. DJ, that's I've Got Mine off of Atomic King's great new album, debut release. And uh, we've got to circle back around and give a shout out to the amazing Lucy Pillar, owner of Absolutely. All Right Now Entertainment, for the introduction to Ken Rock, the vocal lead vocalist for uh, Atomic Kings. And Ken, just as we wrap this up, it's been great conversation and love the music. What's next? Thank What's coming much. up and uh, what should folks be on the lookout for? Uh, we have some shows in the works. Um, we actually just inked a show uh, with some guys, Spread Eagle. Um, I believe they're under the MCA label. They're they're coming out in February and uh, we're going to do a show with them. We're working on some stuff, some shows out in Tucson. And so we're, we're doing some shows together, but at the same time, we've been really busy writing. Yeah. Uh, we're yeah. getting ready to, you know, start recording Album number two, uh, hopefully in the fall or, love you know, love middle of the year. Yeah. And uh, same and way, same that's... format. 
absolutely. You know, we this one was really mixed and mastered a lot by the, you know, us and and back and forth with Chase and over, yeah. you know, the the record label. And so, yeah, we we absolutely are going to be using the same same format for sure. It. So and so uh, in the meantime, they can go to town uh, Tone House Records. Uh, or fire Tonehouse records.com or, or, uh, the, you'll, you know, soon enough, you'll be able to buy it, um, anywhere. Yeah. Um, through, through fire rock, we distributing Love that. It. And, and obviously you can, you can hook up with us on Facebook page. Yeah. It's atomic Kings. Yeah. Um, shoot us a message. We'll get you one out. It, it can be picked up at bizarre guitar out here in Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if none of those appeal to anybody. You don't get the CD, you don't get the liner notes, but if you want to stream it, yeah, I suppose you could do that. Yeah. Get the, get the CD, get those liner notes buy yeah. and spend yeah. some money on a, a, a brilliant CD and, uh, you know, yeah. the other than that, you know, we're on Spotify and all the, you know, all and you'll have a website uh, soon to come. The, the website is, it'll be out soon. And, and so, you know, that's going to be obviously Atomic Kings. I love it. And hopefully a vinyl for you vinyl fans. Well, this yeah. has just been a killer. Uh, I hope uh, if you get, make it out this way, Ken, we'll get a chance to see you. Michael, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Wahid. And once again, thank you, Lucy. Amen. All right, we're out of here. Bye-bye. Ride the bike, Michael. Lucy.